0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. Uh, We're here in the studio at uh, North Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, into 18, 19, 20 years of this, we're... Uh, We're the radio advocates for you, the car buyer, the lease, or the lessee, not the lessee, yeah, the lessee. Uh, We're trying to defend you against the leasing companies, particularly. There's a lot of bad stuff going on with leasing companies these days we've talked about on the show. Uh, We're here to answer your questions, primarily. um, We're in a very exciting and and rapidly changing uh, industry. Uh, The retail and the wholesale auto industry is uh, topsy-turvy. I've been in this business for a long time. I've been a car dealer since 1968. And, uh, boy, have I seen some changes. I I thought I'd seen them all. And the last uh, two or three years have been uh, the most extreme. Uh, It's a threat to the entire industry, a threat to you, the consumer. Um, I think when the smoke settles... Uh, it'll be a better place for you, the consumer, and we're trending in that direction. But it's a rocky road, a very rocky road we're traveling. Uh, the prices have been off the chart on new and used cars for the past couple of years, and I say off the chart, far higher than anyone in the industry envisioned. Leasing companies is a prime <laughs> or a prime example. Uh, they caught with their, got caught with their pants down and put some very low. Uh, residuals on their option to buy your lease car and that's come back and bid them um, it's been it's been uh, really bad for the consumer because for the first time ever the standard price for a new cars over manufacturer suggested retail um, they're coming down a little bit just like used cars but the average price now is still over sticker full sticker I mean, three or four years ago, if somebody said to you, uh, I want, are you going to pay sticker for that uh, car, whatever it is, uh, you would say, uh, no, I'm not a sucker. I mean, nobody pays MSRP. Nobody pays sticker. The sticker is a reference point, at least it's supposed to be, uh, for how much below that number you can buy the vehicle for. So here we are paying over sticker and uh, used car prices are coming down. Um, used cars uh, are a story in itself and uh, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, sitting to my left here uh, and I talk about things on the way to the show every Saturday morning uh, from our house and uh, we uh, we talked about used cars. It's complicated. It's uh, <laughs> complicated. You know, uh, complicated is normally on the side of the manufacturer and the dealers and the consumers are the ones that get Taken advantage of in this case, the complication in the used car department is uh, very interesting because it's affecting the the car sellers and the car buyers. Manufacturers are out of it because it's a used car, but uh, we could talk about that later in the show. Uh, uh, this is what Nancy and I talked about on the way in. Uh, what's happening now is. Used car prices are coming down, but but the car dealers aren't acknowledging it, uh, to, actually to themselves. Uh, uh, car dealers are, are turning a blind eye to their inventories. And their inventory, typical used car inventory, I don't know what, it'd be at least a million dollars for the uh, used car lot, and uh, many people it would be 20, 30 million dollars, depending on the size of the car dealership. but. Uh, Car dealers, uh, what we call, own their inventory. Very few car dealers borrow the money to finance their inventory. So they have a huge amount of cash tied up in their in their inventories. Now, let's say you're a car dealer and you've got a million dollars tied up in your inventory. And you wake up one morning and you find out the inventory is only worth $900,000. Well, what are you going to do? Well, this is the dilemma of most car dealers in the United States right now. How does it affect you, the used car buyer? Well, we'll talk about that later on in the show. But it really, really affects you. And it's pretty its pretty complicated. Um, ironically, I'll give you the bottom line here. You're, you're better off going to the CarMaxes, the publicly owned used car companies, even Carvana that's teetering on bankruptcy. Um, a lot of these public car companies... Uh, The the good thing about a public company is their numbers are transparent. They have to be because the Security Exchange Commission requires that. Uh, Whereas the individual car dealers are privately owned, and their numbers aren't shared with anyone. So uh, the salesman, the sales manager, maybe even the general manager of the dealership doesn't understand that his inventory is way overpriced and you haven't got a snowball's chance of negotiating a lower price on a car that he believes is higher than it really is. So, uh, that's a rough summary of the dangers you use car shoppers are facing out there. So, uh, be, uh, before I get off on doing the whole show by myself, I was headed in that direction. I, I want to remind you that we have in the studio with me, um, uh, Rick Kearney, sitting to my right. Uh, Rick gets neglected uh, too often because the glory is always about cars. You know the the shiny new Corvette, uh, uh, the Lamborghini, and the Ferraris, and you know you know cars are exciting and sexy and all that. And uh, but when you buy one of those exciting, sexy cars and it breaks, uh, you got one person you got to go to, and that's the Rick Kearneys of the world. And there's not many good technicians out there I hate to tell you this but uh, very hard to come by Uh, I'm a car dealer I have a Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach Florida And let me tell you something to find a knowledgeable good technician auto technician today forget about it I mean uh, they are really 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 difficult to come by and uh, we got one right here in the studio and he's free only in the studio. If you go, if you go to the dealership, uh, he'll charge you. And I'll charge you, too, because he works for me. But in the studio, Rick Kearney will diagnose your car problem. And even if he's not going to actually fix it for you, he might even give you a few hints of maybe you can fix it yourself or maybe you can take it to a place where they can fix it at a reasonable cost or maybe it's not as expensive a repair as you thought it was or maybe it is. Maybe it's more expensive, and maybe you got to get rid of that car uh, because it's just going to take you down with expenses over the next few months or years. So, Rick Kearney, we're at 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. That's our landline. That's our old-fashioned telephone. And uh, uh, we get a lot of those calls. We get too many, actually. Uh, because we don't have a big enough switchboard I think we have like five lines coming in and that's where I get to Nancy Stewart, my co-host uh, she's the more attractive person in the studio here sitting to my left as you're streaming us on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube um, she is uh, the one that monitors that laptop in front of her, has the phone calls from the, from the producer, from the person that monitors the actual telephones that come in. And when a telephone call comes into the show, we stop whatever we're doing and we answer that phone because we don't want to tie up the lines, we don't want you to wait. And uh, that's one way to get through to Rick Kearney. Here's another way, and that's Rick Kearney and get through to Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart. Uh, if he shows up, we haven't seen Stu this
1: morning. Yeah. Uh, he, he was actually feeling a bit poorly today. Oh. So unfortunately he won't be able to make it today. Oh,
0: well I'm glad to hear that I mean, I'm not glad to hear that, but i I'm, I'm glad someone <clears throat> someone told me okay um uh, we're going to uh we're going to have uh secondary priority given to text uh if you can text us 497 seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. We'll get to the text, but we won't get to it as fast as we do the the call in number uh, and that call-in number again is 877-960-9960, that's 877-960-9960, and again, as I say, the text number, 772-497-6530. I hate to deluge you here with, uh, overcome you with numbers, but uh, if I don't, uh, the phones will be quiet and uh, the show will be boring, so I have to give you this information. One of the most, uh, and this is one I guess I'll have to monitor because Stu's not here, um, anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Your anonymousfeedback.com. Now, that's a URL. That's a web address. And uh, it's a first-class company. They, they have as clients a lot of uh, blue-chip companies that use this uh, for their employees and customers, it's an anonymous way to contact the company. And this is what, we're, we're like a company here. So if you go to youranonymousfeedback.com, you're totally anonymous. And I will be able to uh, find those Your Anonymous Feedbacks, I think. I'll go to my iPhone, I'll set it up right now while I'm thinking about it, and I'll put it on right here. And I will find those, and we will get to that and share it with everyone. Uh, YouTube, as I said before, Rick Kearney monitors that channel, and it's Earl on Cars. I'm sorry. It's YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And, of course, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. I imagine Jonathan or... Or Rick will be monitoring both those so uh, the only one that can't be monitored are the anonymous feedbacks and I can do that and so I'll be keeping my phone open and uh, check on those so that's all the ways you can reach us and uh, your calls make the show, your text 772 497 that's 772 497 your text Uh, and calls and anonymous feedbacks make the show because what you want to know, thousands of people want to know. They just don't have the time or want to take the time to call the show. Uh, I'm going to flip the mic over to Nancy Stewart. I I talked to her just a minute ago. Uh, She is the female advocate for this show. She's done a marvelous job over the 20 years that we've been uh, on the air of getting the ladies in the audience... A lot of them have always listened, I believe. We are pretty sure. But they didn't call the show. And uh, now they're calling the show. And uh, think about it. Women and men are different, right? We think differently. We act differently. We have different emotions. Uh, We have different strengths and weaknesses. We're different. Uh, We're equal in a lot of ways, of course. The important ways we're equal. But... uh, the smart marketers out there, the people that are selling stuff like automobile dealers have got to understand that you, you, half your audience are female. And if you don't, if you don't uh, treat the females right, if you don't understand their psyche and what motivates them to buy a car and what they consider respect and disrespect and all that kind of thing, then you're going to lose a lot of business. So here we are, Uh, At Earl on Cars, half the audience now we have built up. I say we, thanks to Nancy Stewart and her incredible offer that you're going to hear about right about now. She has a special cash offer for the first time female callers to this show. Nancy, the mic is all yours.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. We have a whole lot to get to Uh, our famous mystery shopping report from uh, Mitsubishi. Uh, That's on used cars. And uh, we're going to follow up with uh, Jeff Wines here and uh, his investigative reporting that we talked about last week. He's uh, moving us in the right direction with uh, attorney Ashley Moody. Uh, Also, uh, I want to remind you that the phone number here is 877-960-9960. As Earl said, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. For the ladies, um, we're here to inspire you and uh, vice versa. And uh, we're committed to a a vision, a relationship uh, with you. And uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, Even if it's just to say hello, we love hearing from you. For the first two new lady callers, I have $50 for you this morning, and if uh, at the end of the conversation uh, you'll leave your contact information uh, with Mike in the control room, uh, he'll give that to me, and I'll write that check out and get it to you today. $50. I know you can use it. Everyone can today. It's that time of year. Uh, We are going to go right to the phones and we are going to talk to um, a female caller. She is a first time caller uh, from L.A. Uh, Good morning. Um, Hi, good morning. Good morning. And what is your name? My name's L.A. Ellen. How you doing, Ellen? And welcome to Earl Stewart on cars. This is Nancy Stewart. You've won yourself $50. This morning, and when we're finished talking, if you will leave your information uh, with the uh, mic in the control room, I can get that fifty dollars out to you. What can we uh, do for you good. this morning?
3: Uh, I just have a generic question uh, about car repair. Some things I learned recently on some car repair I had on the pricing of the repair itself, and also the the charges for the parts. Uh, I know that forever, they've always upped the price on the parts a little bit at the shops. And, um, but they seem to be, you know, upping them at crazy amount, uh, half 50% to 100% over what they're paying for them at at the shop that they buy them from. And I'm just shocked that, that that's so high, what's going on with
2: that? Okay, I think Rick can uh, start
1: Uh, That's actually a pretty common practice. Um, Most mechanic shops will raise the price on the parts. They're actually getting those parts usually at a discount, uh, especially if they're buying wholesale. (coughs) Pardon me. Or if they're buying from the same uh, parts dealer all the time, they'll quite often get even a discount from it. And one of the ways that they make extra money for the shop is by increasing the price of that part before they sell it to you,
0: Ellen. Uh, am, I, am I asking what part of uh, Los Angeles are you in? The suburbs? Are you in downtown? Or
3: well, actually, I'm in Florida, but my name is La. Oh. My name is La. So, uh, but I, I'm aware that they uh, that they do that. Everybody does that. Generally, it was you know to to pay for the time and effort of them running all the parts through their company. But it seems like. They charge a lot, and I went online and read after my recent repair, and they charge fifty to a hundred percent of the amount. I mean, that just seems like it's price gouging. You that's, that's, understand that, that, that they have to make a living and a profit. We all do, but you know, it's. I mean, if it's a if it's a lower end part, they charge up to a hundred percent. If it's something over three hundred dollars, I was reading online that they charge you. You know, up to thirty percent, and I—I I was way overcharged for some parts recently, and I just couldn't believe that that's the percentages that they're running on. You know, on ad, their add-on. For yeah, the unfortunately,
0: parts. that's not uncommon, and uh, it's—it uh, it's, was a great—it's a great question, by the way, because it's something we haven't devoted enough time to on the show. Parts are uh, actually overpriced from the get-go, and by that I mean. The manufacturers make a huge profit on the parts. Uh, I'm a, a, a automobile dealer, and I buy my parts from Toyota. Uh, Toyota marks their parts up to me considerably. One of their most profitable uh, areas is selling parts to the dealers. Uh, so there, there's a wide margin when I buy the part. Um, I see parts uh, that are virtually the same as I buy from Toyota available in what we call the aftermarket. Uh, made by other manufacturers other than the OEM manufacturer that I work for, or that I contract with to sell cars for, I should say, uh, that are much less expensive. Uh, so uh, when, you, when you are taking your car in for a repair and you get an estimate, uh, you just reminded me to remind everyone, always check the parts prices as well as the labor prices, typically what you do is you check the total price. And that's not a bad idea. I mean, the total price is more important than any individual, the part or the labor. But uh, sometimes they get away with it quite, even within the independent repair shop or the dealership you're going to. The the service department and the parts department in car dealerships are two completely separate departments. Uh, Rick Kearney in the studio here—he works uh, for the service department in my dealership—and there is a parts department. The parts department is almost like an independent business. They sell the part to the service department, and then they mark it up to the service department, and then. The the, part, the service department marks it up to you, the consumer. Oh, I forgot. Toyota marks the part up to me. So it is a series of markups, and parts are probably one of the most unfairly and uh, grossly overpriced part of an auto repair. Well,
3: I agree with that, and it's come to my attention recently because... Back in the day, they just did a minimal markup, and yeah. just to run it through their business. But I just am sh- in shock now how it's being done. And uh, in addition, you're, I understand about the service as well. They, tell, they quote you a price based on the book hours, and most of the time the book hours are too long yeah. uh, for yeah. different reasons. And uh, I had one shop recently let the car sit for the last half. It was. Uh, it took them an hour and a half, and they quoted me a three-hour book price. And they let it sit five minutes into the third hour so they could charge me for the three hours without anyone saying, hey, you only took this long. Yeah. Again, I do understand they have to make a living and make a profit. It just seems like the way that they're coming up with their pricing up. Of- yeah, you just, just sometimes odd. you just
0: have to it walk away. Sometimes, not. sometimes you just have to find a different business to do, <clears throat> a different dealer uh, or repair shop to do business with, because th- this is the way the business is conducted. Uh, the markup to my dealership and all Toyota dealerships from Toyota is forty percent, and that's that's a sizable markup. And then the dealers. No, go- I can't.
3: Doesn't seem legal almost, but I guess you know it's America. You can go where you want.
0: Yeah, you know, well, forty percent is marked up again. So you, you, it become... isn't. Un... Uh, here, look, let me, uh, let me give you a, a, a website. Uh, if you have a pencil, that you can write this down. It's uh, fairly easy to remember. It's called RockAuto.com. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O. dot yes, Now they carry every automobile part you can possibly imagine. I don't care what kind of car you got, uh, they have the parts that fit it. And if you want to get a fair price to compare with the independent repair shop or the dealer, you're going to go to rockauto.com, put in the specific. Specific. You, can't, you just can't say a rocker arm for a Chevrolet. You have to have the specifics. Your make, model or the VIN number best. If you can get the VIN number of the car and then they'll say this is a part they will give you a price as a retail price because they mark up the price, too. But that price for Mercado will be 50%. Rock bottom low. Yeah, rock bottom Rock bottom low. Rock right. bottom low. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the solution. And I can't thank you enough for not only being the first female caller this morning and you won $50, but also for asking an extremely interesting, important question, which the men and the women and everybody listening out there uh, can benefit from. So that you you're just saved all the listeners and viewers to this show a lot of money. If, if you go to www.rockauto.com and compare the price that you're being charged for that same part wherever you're having your car fixed and i thank you again i know oh, Nancy, and, uh, don't
2: you? Uh, thank you uh as earl said uh you know i heard you say back in the day you know there's uh truly nothing back in the day uh what is here and now is uh <laughs> i hate even saying it the new normal and uh you know it can it can really be very very costly And, uh, you know, in, in my experience, everything and anything I do, you know, I check out three prices, you know, whether it's labor, you know, whether it's a part. And uh, that website that Earl gave you, uh, LockAuto.com. Simply by putting in your VIN number, you know that'll it's it's very telling. And uh, boy, uh, I can't reiterate enough uh, the the uh, the timing of your call, the question it was, uh, you've opened up, you know, the lines here. Uh, There are a lot of uh, people, men and women, who are very interested in what you had to say, because not everyone knows that uh, there's a lot of gouging going on out there, and it's unnecessary. You know, it's just like buying a car. It's just like Uh, leasing a car you know there's there there's enough for everybody to go around here so uh paying uh msrp you know that's the way to go but uh, we we really have to preach and preach and preach and uh, we thank you uh for for being uh, here with us this morning and uh, sharing your knowledge and uh, you can stay on the line Get that information to the uh, controller, uh, Mike, and I'll get to get you that check. I have to ask you one more question before you go. How did you hear about our show?
3: Well, I, you're on the radio, I think, every Saturday, aren't you? Excuse me? Every Saturday. Are, are, aren't you on the radio every Saturday? I listen to the radio, and that's what I hear.
2: Very good. Thank you. Thank, thank you for tuning in to the Oldies Channel, Earl Stewart on Cars. I hope to hear from you again. Spread the word. We're trying to build a platform here for the ladies.
3: Okay, sure, absolutely. Thank Thank you. you. I appreciate appreciate the forum.
2: Thank you. Uh, For uh, everyone that's holding right now, we're going to get right to you. We're going to go to Mike first, and uh, Laura, hang on. Good morning, Mike.
4: Yeah, hi there. Welcome. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Uh, I want to say one thing about Earl Stewart. I think he's one of the sharpest guys going. I bought a 19, uh, sorry, a 2018, uh, Hyundai Sonata from him. I paid top dollar at the time, which was actually cheap in today's dollars. I paid $13,000 for it. However, it only had one owner, was never leased, and I got 38,000 miles out of that car without ever touching it, except for regular 3,000 mile, 3,000 mile oil changes. And that car had an air conditioning system that would give you frostbite on your nose.
2: No it kidding. Was
4: perfect. I gave, I gave the car to my daughter as a wedding present, and she's still running that today. And it's just one of the greatest things that ever happened to me.
2: Unbelievable. you do have two questions.
4: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'll tell you. I think, I think, think you're, you're a pretty, pretty good judge of character. Of character huh?
2: I think you're a pretty good judge of character.
4: Yes. Believe me, I've been <laughs> around a long time. I'm 76, so I've. Going on seventy-seven. I've seen a lot of cars. I used to have, buy brand new Cadillacs because I put sixty-five thousand miles on them, and in the three years I'd burn them out. So I have to get a new one. I started that <laughs> in oh, Okay, so I know about automobiles, all right. I mean, trust me when I know it. I do all my own repairs. I don't take up the mechanics. Uh, there is one problem I have right now though that I wanted to ask him about, and that is I have a twenty-fourteen uh, ATS, an AST ATS Cadillac. And what happens is when I put the air conditioning on, I get lukewarm air to cool air on my driver's side and the two vents, the middle one and the passenger side comes out hot air like the heater was on.
5: Hmm.
4: So it's actually, you know, now it's not too bad because I don't use air conditioning. It's not that hot, but during the summer when I got it, it was murder.
2: Yeah, I you think Rick an can answer air? that. Yeah, your
1: Cadillac probably has automatic air conditioning, meaning the computer's controlling the blend doors. Uh, Most likely, either one of those blend doors is is seizing up and giving you hot air instead of cold, or you may simply be completely out of uh, refrigerant on it and not getting any cold air there. You'd need to have a mechanic check that one.
4: Yeah, I, I, I doubt it's refrigerant level because, as I say, I do get cold air. Uh, out of the driver's side vent uh, when the car is you know, moving down the highway or going somewhere, but if it's idling, it kind of warms a little bit, so it may be low, but I somebody told me the actuators are what the problem is and the actuators, in order to get them to respond properly, I don't know if this is correct or not, they said take the battery cables off and click them together and that should
1: reset your actuators. Is there any truth to that? No. Uh, Disconnecting the battery for about five minutes will reset all the computers, but you do not ever, ever want to touch the positive cable to ground, ever. Uh, Touching those two cables together, if there's any sort of system in that car that has any residual charge in it, in a capacitor of any sort, you would take the potential of burning something up, damaging things. Never want to do that
4: but what they were referring to is that you take the cables off the battery and you click them together not while they're on the battery.
1: Right, that's what I mean though. If you're even if your battery's oh, okay. disconnected, certain computers right. in the car still have capacitors that retain electricity to retain memory. And yeah, a lot of have. those things, you know, something like that could possibly backfeed. I would never ever touch those cables together even with the battery disconnected. Um Okay, well, what do you suggest I do then if I can repair it myself? What do you think I should do? Just give it an extra charge?
0: <clears throat> he said let it set for about five, <laughs> disconnect the battery, and then. Right. Let, let the, oh.
1: Pardon me, I'm sorry.
0: Let the car sit right. for about five minutes.
1: Yeah, and, and when you reconnect the, the negative terminal, yeah. that will reset all the computers. So if it's simply a problem where, where one of the computer sensors is reading bad information, that may help correct it if it doesn't then i what i actually consider it almost seems like you've got two issues going the fact that you have warm air on one side and cold on the other to me is potentially a low ac charge especially if it's not getting really ice cube cold even sitting at idle and the other one is there's a potential that one of your actuator doors is not moving to give you the proper mix of air temperatures well, if, if that's if the second thing is my problem, how would I resolve that? You'd have to find out whether it's the actuator or the computer. If the computer's not telling it to move, then obviously the actuator's not going to move to move the doors. How does he
0: find that out?
1: Uh, that would have to be a mechanic. Would have to diagnose it with a voltmeter.
0: Okay, there's nothing uh, in the way the uh, there's no, no diagnostic understand. equipment on that.
1: No, okay. I understand how to use voltmeters. I'm an
4: engineer, so what would I do with the voltmeter?
1: Uh, basically, you'd want to get the specifications of what signals you should be seeing at that actuator and I, measure the okay. measure the voltage there at it.
4: Yeah, that might be just easier to go to, the, you know, a mechanic and have him do that because he has a, a computer that he can cross-check my computer with. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Right. Why, thank you for, oh, one last question. You always are supposed to put the negative term, uh, connection first and then the positive second on the battery. Am I correct?
1: No negative terminal is always the last one that you connect the first one you wow. disconnect and the last one to reconnect see what happens when you get to be 76 years old
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you what i'm 81 years old and i, I never heard the answer either way so I, well, I just learned something
1: the reason for that is that batteries can create uh hydrogen gas that can collect yeah, near the surface of the battery and I'll when you connect the negative terminal Generally, it will not cause a spark, but the positive terminal very likely can cause a spark, and if you've got some hydrogen gas there, you could suddenly get a little flash of fire. Well, well
4: that's the reason why I thought you're supposed to put the negative on first and then the positive, because that will prevent a spark from taking place, yeah. but
1: I'm, so, I'm incorrect.
0: What Jay saying, Leno right? doesn't know the answer to that either.
1: Well, he was playing with gasoline, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess he that was, was. a joke. Gasoline. Was a joke.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think he's recuperating.
0: Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, you're a great well, caller, you. and you're
4: you enlighten me, and I love to be able to learn something new every day. If I can, boy, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, isn't
2: that the truth, Mike? Um, as yes. Earl, Earl said, Absolutely. him being 81, me being 80. Uh, We learn something new every single day. In fact, it is a must. And as far as batteries are concerned, boy, back in my day when I worked on the battery, I learned, you know, the hard way as far as the negative and the positive. And I'm glad that Rick was here to answer the question. Good luck to you. I
4: want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for that uh, pleasant experience I had with the uh, Hyundai Sonata you gave me because you sell nothing but quality cars down here. As far as i'm concerned
0: uh, well thanks mike i appreciate that the fact is we say we sell some women's too but don't tell anybody about <laughs> that
2: <laughs> mike give us a call again we love talking to you
4: thank you very much appreciate have, it
2: have a great have a great weekend thank you uh we are going to go to laura who has been holding and she too is a uh, first-time female caller from wow. west palm beach good morning laura Good morning. How are you? We're fine, thank you. Uh, Welcome. You've won yourself $50 this morning. Uh, Stay on the line uh, after we're done talking, and uh, you can talk to Mike in the control room. He'll get your information and pass it along to me, and I'll get the check out to you.
6: Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. It's an added bonus. Um, I have a quick question for you, and obviously it's not going to be as... uh, quite as uh, detailed as, as your other callers. However, um, I really have absolutely no, no idea what I'm doing under the hood. So um, my car had stalled out and I had a towed home. Um, at first, I thought it was the battery and it was only a year old. So I would think that it wasn't. But then I thought, well, if it's stalling and it's not, my lights aren't coming on. And, you know, when I lock my windows or my doors and my windows, you know, I couldn't un- unlock them. Um And therefore, I thought it was the battery. So I went, I got a brand new battery, and that's not it. Um, Then someone told me to do some kind of a test, and I cannot remember what it was, but it had something to do with the battery cables themselves to see if it was an alternator. Now, what do you do for that?
1: Uh, First question, what's the car we're talking about?
6: We're talking about a Ford Explorer 2008. It's an older car but it's a good work truck.
1: Okay, and when you turn when you turn the key on, are you getting any lights on on the dash at all?
6: None, and it's not even turning over. I I, I have no idea what I'm doing with cars, so that's why I call to you all. I'm gonna be telling you about you all. Yeah,
1: if, if you're not getting anything at all, um, most likely you've got some a blown fuse or something, or maybe the terminals for your cable are just simply not connected properly on the battery. Uh, that one you're going to have to get a mechanic to look at because, with the ba- if the battery's connected properly, and the fuses were good, you should at least get the lights to come on on the dash when you turn the key on. And if you if you're not getting anything from it, you know we'd have to go and figure out what's you know something is not letting the electricity get out of the battery to the car systems. So we'd have to start checking fuses at that point to figure out where you know where it's stopping.
6: Okay, and there are fuses in the vehicle, but are they under the hood, or are they... Somebody told me that if there's a battery that's under the hood, some, or not a battery, but a, a fuse that's under the hood, is that correct, in you know, a 2008 Ford Explorer?
1: You're going to have at least one large fuse block under the hood with probably 30 or 40 different fuses in it, and there will be uh-huh. another one under the dash with, again, 30 or 40 different fuses in it. Oh,
6: God. Okay. Yeah, right. car, I think cars are not simple animals way.
1: anymore. They're very complex.
6: Yeah, definitely with computer systems, et cetera. Okay, well, I do appreciate it. I just was concerned if it was an alternator or what. Um, Laura, I, I hope, hope that we okay, were able I to. Battery.
2: Yeah, I hope we were able to uh, answer your question. You know, it's a win win situation whenever you call. You know about a, a question you know a subject you know like you just did with rick here he can answer well n- most of the time 99 percent of the time you know he's right on it and he knows exactly what the answer is so i hope that uh, he was able to to lead you in the right direction he
6: certainly was nancy
2: and i thank you so much oh you're welcome laura please uh spread the word um, as I uh, told Ellen this morning, uh, I'm trying to build a platform here for the ladies, and uh, you have to let your voice be heard if you want to you know if you want to build that platform and uh, every voice is important. We look forward to hearing from you again.
6: Hi, thank you so much, and you certainly will.
2: Thank you so have much. A great day. Have a great weekend. Our number here is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. We are going to uh, talk to David, who is calling us from uh, Jersey. And I believe that's uh, Howell, New Jersey. Did I get that right, David?
7: Yes, yes, you did.
2: Oh, great. My eyes are failing me, so I, it was sort of a blur. <laughs> Welcome.
7: Okay, welcome, good morning. Um, I have a question for Rick on uh, my 2012 Prius. I have an odd issue that has developed and uh, maybe you have something similar. On the windshield wipers, this is an intermittent problem but it's getting to be quite often where it doesn't work on the intermittent speed and the first and second speed but then when you put it on the high speed, it works. And then when you go back to the lower speeds, it works. So I can deal with it, but you know I'm afraid it'll go out while you know in the rain. Sometimes I was wondering if it was if it had a similar problem. Mm. My dealer my dealer said to start by changing the switch, which could be about four or five hundred dollars, and he doesn't even know if that'll do it. Yeah, you, you got
1: dealer. there. There's really two only two components to the windshield wipers themselves. You've got the motor itself. <clears throat> which is a computerized motor. It actually has a small uh, computer system in it and the switch itself. The switch on the, t- the 12 Prius is simply a set of contacts. So the idea that it would work up on high and then going back to the low speed would make it operate again. I would, I would actually kind of rule a- away from the switch. I'd be leaning away from it because those contacts are gonna make their, their hit each time anyways. I can't see how going up to high and back down would cause those, that switch to start working again if it were you know, if the, if it was starting to burn out. So my first thought actually would be the wiper motor itself because that's actually where you have the uh, circuits in it for the resistors that actually tell it how to time the wiper speed and it tells it when to go to low and medium and high speeds for you. So I would start with the motor myself.
7: Okay, 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 and the switch, like he was telling me, that it's, it could be very expensive. He said There's more than one kind. You'd have to t- open it up first and that it could be like four, or five, even $600 just for the switch. And that, it's a Toyota dealer, a Penske dealer.
1: Yeah, the switch actually, it's, it's a bit of a pain to replace because you've got to re- pull the steering wheel loose to get down to where that switch is. But as I recall, the wiper switch side Actually disconnects from the spiral cable uh, piece on it. So It you know, it can be a little bit of a hassle to change that out But it takes about an hour to an hour and a half and then of course there's the cost of the switch itself
7: He said there's more than one type of switch so he can't tell till he gets in on that particular model
1: so Now nah, they, sh- they should be able to look on, that up by your me. VIN number and know exactly what switch it is
7: it, That's what I would think so really yeah. I'm not going to go that way anyway I would lean towards the wiper motor
1: that's that's where I would suspect is going to be your issue
7: okay Okay. and one other issue that I um, had on the car is um, it never burnt oil till recently so it, I don't know if I said it a 2012 I'm the original owner with 150,000 miles and it's started burning oil maybe at one thirty five it was getting about, it all of a sudden went to a half a quart per thousand and the dealer put in the hybrid performance service a bg kit and it actually didn 't use any oil for ten thousand and now it's using a little bit like about a quarter of a Do so you think I should do a second hybrid performance service if you're familiar with it
1: uh that's one i 'm not familiar with that sounds like one of those uh Mechanic in a can additive type things.
7: Exactly, that's what it is. It's a BG kit. You pour it in. They run it for a while. They run it for about a half hour. Then they take it out, and then they put a little bit more in it. It actually did something because the oil consumption went down for 10,000
1: miles. Okay, well, hey, if it. What I'm
7: saying is, should I do it again, or can I have a problem with gaskets and all?
1: If it so works, I I would have them try it one more time. I mean, depending on the cost of it. No, um, it's very very inexpensive. It was eighty uh, dollars. I'd, I'd, I'd give it a shot. Yeah, Prius Prius motors we have found at around one hundred and fifty thousand miles, they start to develop two different issues with them. Uh, one of them is they do start to use oil. The piston rings start getting gummed up a bit in the pistons, and they don't seal as well. So as the yeah, engine's running, the oil is seeping past your piston rings, getting into the cylinder and being burned away, and if that chemical that they're using actually helps clean some of that uh, carbon out of there unless those rings start to pop back out and seal, seal a little better, it will reduce your oil consumption.
7: Yeah, that's exactly what I think happened. So I, I'll try it one more time, can't hurt.
1: Yeah, and give us a call back in a little while. Let us know, let us know if it helped sure, any. because
7: as, as the mileage, as I put more mileage on the shore, But it's already improved it quite a bit.
1: That's pretty interesting. It's a rare thing that one of those chemical additives actually does. Did you call? What, what they
0: mechan- claim? Did you call it mechanic in the can, or was that just a?
1: You know, that's, that's kind of a joke. A, kit, joke, a, a joke, joke comment joke. on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the the. It's the old oh yeah, put this polyrazmatase in your tank and
0: what, what is well, the name, name of it?
7: On my on my bill, it says Hybrid Performance Service, and then as a number on the like under item number it says BG Kit. Mm-hmm. I can. Take a picture of it next when I go to the dealer again, and they have signs all over the dealership for it. I can change you up.
1: A- yeah, B, BG is a company that they sell all sorts of different chemical cleaning products for the engine, transmission, fluid, mm-hmm. uh, flushes, uh, all sorts of different things. Most of it is just fluff. That's why I'm a little surprised that one actually worked. That's, that's kind of surprising.
7: Well, being that they were advertising it and had pictures all over the service department of it, I was surprised that the price was so low that they're only charging eighty dollars extra.
8: Right. Interesting.
7: And I didn't really know if it was, I figured I'd try it, but it seems to have done something.
0: Well, thanks, David. Sounds we like a win-win. The call. You're like like Rick said, call us back and let us know if it worked again. Yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. I'll let,
2: let And David, you. it was Hi. great hearing from you. Yep. Well, I, I'll tell you, our callers, our listeners, um, they certainly educate us. And that's why I say every week you're an important part of the show. And, uh, David, you were an important part of the show. Um, that, that's just amazing. It's a very, very interesting. We're going to stay with the phones. And uh, just in case you didn't jot that number down, I'll give that out again. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We look forward to hearing from you at anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we have a regular caller uh, from Jupiter, and uh, his name is Howard. And I want to tell Bob from Lake Worth to please be patient and hold on. Good morning, Howard.
9: Good morning, I hope you all are fine. And uh, it's getting to be a nice day, even though it's a little uh, cloudy now. Um, Okay, I have a uh, question about maintenance. Um, okay, what we used to do, let's see if it still uh, holds true, uh, we used to uh, change belts, change hoses, and if you have uh, a timing belt, change the timing belt, of course you don't change the t- timing chain. Uh, what about that? Do we do that now that after a certain amount uh, of mileage or time? Do we change hoses and belts automatically or do we Just
1: go on till they fail. Well, we used to have to recommend them because about every 25,000, 30,000 miles, the belts would have big cracks in them. The hoses might start to swell up. They get oil soaked or whatever. You'd you'd see suspicious spots on the hoses. But unfortunately, um, technology has made it a little uh, backwards on that. My truck has 158,000 miles. And the original drive belt and hoses are in perfect condition. And it's, I guess I go with the attitude if it ain't broke, I ain't gonna fix it. And all I can say is, belts and hoses now, the quality of them has gone so high that we don't sell them. It just, if, unless something is broken, nope, don't need to be done.
9: I remember uh, uh, my belt, we used to squeal. And a friend of mine says, oh, you, you have to spray it. I said, what are you talking about, spray it? He says, yeah, you spray it, and the will go away. So we sprayed it. It went away for about a half an hour, and it came back. Then we had a chance. I'm talking about 20 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, next question. Should we use parts from the original car, like a Toyota or a Ford, or should we go with aftermarket parts? Which aftermarket parts should we never buy uh, out of the uh, uh, dealership, uh, excuse me, uh, like Bendix brakes parts, right? Uh, let's compare that to Toyota brakes. What is the difference?
0: Well, it's hard to say, Howard. I'll, I'll jump in here on that. Uh, my fear when we talk about aftermarket parts, parts are built by someone other than the original equipment manufacturer, is, is on crash parts. Uh, on repairing the bodies, the uh, your car's in an accident. You got a bumper, a hood, a door, a fender, anything that is part of the cage that is protecting you uh, in the event of an accident. Um, you know, if you're if you have a hose or a or a belt that breaks, it's likely not going to kill anybody. But if you have a hood that doesn't compress uh, properly in coordination with the um, airbags that are you know, you know milliseconds or microseconds i guess uh, in terms of uh, 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 reacting to an accident it, it it can kill you so i i would never let uh, a body shop repair my car unless they use original equipment parts on the crash parts now every part on the car isn't a crash part but uh, you can visualize most accidents i mean you've got a you know your your body of your car is a protective thing around you from the the back. Even the trunk is a crash part. Uh, your bumpers obviously are. Your fenders, your doors, uh, your roof. All these. Uh, so crash parts use o, only OEM. Everything else is pretty much. Uh, uh, sometimes an aftermarket part is as good as an OEM part, and sometimes it's a. Uh, you know, a fraction of the cost. So you don't want to be just super safe and only buy parts that are made by the manufacturer of your car. That would be super safe, but also be super expensive. Uh, I would shop around. I'd do some uh, Googling. Uh, you go to rockauto, uh, uh, dot, uh, rockauto.com. The, their parts are generally represented as being uh safe and 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 high quality and the prices are much less but there's no book out there that tells you which aftermarket non-crash part is good am i right rick
1: absolutely now for regular repair parts my recommendation would be if you know the company that makes the manufacturers part and you can buy that part for a lower price by going to an outside source that's no problem at all we uh Let's see, uh, uh, Aki Bono makes most of our brakes for Toyotas. Uh, uh, Nip and Denso, that's the one I'm trying to get my mind around. Nip and Denso makes most of our things for, like, alternators, air conditioning compressors, things like that. But you can find Nip and Denso compressors through an outside source for half the price of what a dealership would charge. And it's the exact same part. Okay, my li- my last question, and I'll
9: hang up. Uh, brakes, metallic, semi-metallic, organic, and uh, brake dust. Why do some brakes, uh, w- when you, uh, you spray the brakes, they, that dust comes out? And uh, can you explain why? And, uh, I'm going to hang up now. Thank you very much for taking my call.
1: All brake pads are going to make dust. I mean, that's, that's how it works, is you're actually squeezing the pads onto the rotor, and that friction is what slows the car down so they're all going to make dust metallic and semi-metallic pads might last a little longer but they also wear out the brake rotor which is a much more expensive part so i would stick with organic or ceramic brake pads that won't wear the rotor as much and just do the brakes maybe you know okay you might not get as uh quite as long a time but you'll get 80 85 of the same life out of those other pads and you won't have to replace the brake rotors as often over the life of the car.
0: Well, Howard, I think hung up on that. Well, mm-hmm. Let me add something on that. Just, uh, I have Tesla on my mind this morning. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But uh, we're talking about maintenance and repairs and cost of repair. Uh, if you have never driven an electric car and you don't know much about them, uh, uh, my Tesla, of course, is all electric car. And I never use the brakes. I, and I, I don't mean literally. I mean uh, once I might I might drive fifty miles before I had touch a brake. Uh, the brakes in this Tesla of mine, I'll probably be, be dead and gone before they ever uh, need any replacing. I just don't use electric vehicles use uh, the automatic inductance braking. Uh, when you take your foot off the accelerator, the car automatically brakes very nicely and efficiently and smoothly. You know
2: that's, that's a good point. I don't remember hitting the brake while driving the no. Tesla. Yeah. Never.
0: So, uh, just a uh, just a thought. Uh, we get a lot of people out there that are very negative on, on all electric vehicles. I have a anonymous feedback, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, that uh, the anonymous feedback says that. You gave me a link to an article about all the downside to electric vehicles, and make no mistake, there are certainly th- things that are negative about electric vehicles, and a lot of them are being overcome by technology. I think eventually all of them will be overcome by technology. But if you if you go out and buy an all electric vehicle today, there's there's some sacrifices that you make too. So they're not perfect, but they'll be. Uh, the only act in town in about 10 years, so you better get used to it. And one of the great things, I mean, go back in your life and see how much you spent on brakes on your car over your over your lifetime. It's a lot of money. Uh, brake repair is fairly expensive, and you'll never have to do that in an all-electric vehicle.
1: Well, actually, you won't have to do that on most hybrids either. Right. Because hybrids, again, Good point. use electric motors to drive the car. Mm-hmm. And what you're actually talking about is regenerative braking, mm-hmm. where to slow the car, you're using the force of the, the those electric motors. They're being reversed into generators, yeah. and it's the electromotive drag that slows the car down. Yeah. And, of course, that's a fantastic way to do it because that energy then is turned into electricity, yeah. which is put back in your battery, that you get to reuse. Well,
0: explain this to me. Why is the drag and my all-electric Tesla so much more than the drag when I drive a, a, a Camry or a RAV4
1: hybrid. Because your Tesla has more motors. Mm-hmm. I believe you have dual motor in that. Where it's Th- three. Three motors, okay. So you have three separate motors. That means three generators. Ah. So each one is creating more electromotive drag I got you. versus the Camry or the RAV4. That Well, the RAV4 can have two motors, one in the rear, but that one actually doesn't use the, the drag. It's only the front motors that are turned into a generator. Gotcha. Okay,
2: oh, okay Howard, I think, uh, uh, have we answered all your questions? Yeah, he's off the phone now. Oh, he's gone? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, last week we uh, did a... Uh, Report on Jeff Weinseer. and if you missed that um, video that we aired on this investigative uh, reporting about Ashley Moody, uh, it, you can go to Earl Stewart on Cars Facebook, or you can go to Earl Stewart on Cars YouTube channel, and uh, you'll find it right there, and you can watch that uh, that video if you missed it. Uh, we are going to go to Bob in Lake Park, and Bob, uh, thank you for your patience. You've been holding for quite a while. Welcome.
10: Thank you. I'm thinking about becoming a dealer in a can.
2: <laughs>
10: <laughs>
2: That's a funny one. Dealer in a can. I like that. What can we do for you?:
10: Do you ever mystery shop body shops?
2: That's a
0: nice. The answer is no, and as soon as you said it, I felt embarrassed. Why? I mean, we, Why? Well, we, uh, the, the reason
10: for the question—the <laughs> reason for the question—is I have about a thousand dollars worth of body work I want to do on my car. Mm-hmm. It's not an insurance claim; I'm just going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering uh, if you knew maybe you could make a recommendation of a shop nearby. You know, not too far from where your dealership is. That does quality work and will give me a fair shake.
0: Well, I actually. Uh, i I have to get back to you on that i um, when the insurance company is involved you're very very smart to be careful because the insurance company as much as I poke fun at insurance companies and pick on them uh they are they're your advocate uh, at least as far as the collision repair shop goes uh they're going to see that the collision repair shop does a safe job and uh, not necessarily uses the correct parts because they push uh, repair shops to use aftermarket parts and they also push them to use aftermarket crash parts, which I am totally against. But uh, I can't... Uh, can, Rick, can you think of an independent uh, body
1: shop uh, that you would recommend? Or mm, Hard to really say because I, I actually have been pretty doggone fortunate. I have not had... An automobile accident in yeah. either by vehicles, mine or my wife's, in, God, fifteen years or more.
0: Bob, <laughs> Bob let me ask you well, this, this question, is, this is Bob. A, this Bob, is, what, what, what yeah, make car do you have?
10: It's not an accident, and it's only about a thousand dollars worth of work.
0: Yeah, and
10: mm. uh, it's something I'm going to pay for out of pocket. My uh, uh, do you know anything about these people that took over Jim Prices? We're going to open up where Jim Price was over here on the old Dixie.
1: Now, I I, I know Jim Price used called. to be a pretty decent shop, but I don't know anything about the ones that have bought it out, no. There's, There's another
0: one called the, the Irishman. I remember I go by there. I just don't know any. I don't have enough experience with independent body shops to say um, the insurance company. I mean, even though you're not going to you know, use the insurance company to pay, you might uh, call. Uh, you know, State Farm, all State and just, uh, you might find somebody that'll say, uh, this is an approved shop. And if they're an approved shop, then that gives you some indication of their reliability.
1: Now, there is one place I know of uh, down on Dixie, uh, down in West Palm. It's uh, a little way south of Forest Hill. They're on the west side of the road, almost into Lake Worth. Uh, it's called GONZ, G-O-N-Z. That's a
10: little bit too far. Rick, that's too far. I live up there.
1: Okay. I just know they have been at that location for 30 years or more. And you're not going to stay in business if you're not doing a good job. You're not going to be in business that long. And I know they've been there a long time. Bob,
0: just call your insurance company and say, may I have a list of your approved repair shops.
7: Yeah, I could do that. I mean, yeah,
0: don't. You don't have to tell me had an accident. Just say, I'm curious. I might need that. Well, in, in within a ten mile radius, uh, what are what are your approved shops?
10: Right now, I wasn't in an accident, so I'm not concerned about that. I just thought maybe you knew somebody did quality work.
0: Yeah, I understand.
10: Give me a fast shake in the area. And, uh, and I had another question about, uh, uh, you know, if you if you do find parts. You know, you want to save the money on the parts. Years ago, you could do that. You could go and find somebody that would actually do that work for you, and you could bring them your own parts. Oh, sure, that's yeah. much part of the do now. Yeah, just most be careful. The places that yeah. do, they don't want to do you. They're not going to let you bring your parts and have them do the work. For yeah. Most most of the most of the shops now won't go for that. Well, so yeah, that's that's uh, not a real good alternative. I mean, unless you're qualified to put the part in yourself. Uh, you know, you can buy the parts on Mark auto You could do, and then even if you find somebody that puts the parts in you, yeah. they're not going to guarantee the work. If
0: well, you there's no, there's no good, and honest reason why they wouldn't do it. Uh, I would, I would do it up front. I go to not,
10: the reason is they're not going to make as much money on the job.
0: Yeah, I, you know, and, they, part don't
10: wanna, of, and they don't want to car- They don't want to guarantee the work. No, know,
0: it's part, of, part. It's it's part of the part of the negotiation you go you, you find your your insurance listen your insurance company tells you these are the approved shops you call the first approved shop and you say i want you to uh, take a look at my car you were recommended by my insurance company but i'm paying out of pocket and i'm gonna bring the car over i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the the door i've got a i'm gonna buy the i'm gonna buy the talking
10: about my I was talking about mechanical parts, though. Yeah, you okay, can, whatever. You're telling, people to, you're telling people to buy parts on Rock Auto. Okay, well. Yeah. Even if they get the parts, even if they get those parts yeah. from Rock Auto and they save, they save 20% or 25 maybe 30% on the price of the part.
0: Try 100%. So they have
10: to find some, yeah, well, maybe. But they would have <laughs> to find somebody willing to put that thing in.
0: Well, Bob? They won't do it. Yeah, well, but you, you might have had some bad experience. I do it. And, you know, any I think any good businessman in, in the repair business would do it. I mean, it's either you're going to get some business or you're going to get no business. Uh, I'd like to sell you the part and make a profit and also make the labor profit. I'd like to. I'd really like to do that. But if I only have one choice, I'm only going to make the profit on the labor and not the part. I would take that too. I mean, you know, a small bite is better than no bite at all.
10: If I came, if I came to your dealership oh. and I brought my own parts and I went to Rick and I said, "I want you to put them into me. I'll pay you
1: for the labor."
10: You, you would do
9: that at your dealership?
1: Yes. Actually, our the policy in our service department right now is what is that we do the not only- install. Customer supplied parts unless they bought them through our de- through the shop.
0: Well, Uh-oh. I guess get, uh, the policy is the policy <laughs> okay, okay. the policy yeah, no, just no, no, changed. No, no. Okay. So here we here we go here we go. <laughs> I learn something new okay. every day. There's an absolute All right. the, I'm
10: getting bad advice here, Earl. I don't
0: know. No, no, no. Listen. Let me tell you something. Let me, let tell, me tell you something. You something. something. And the nice thing about the, de- the nice thing are you, when you there's stop a... talking, I'll talk. Yeah.
8: When
10: they, okay. Let me finish. There isn't a dealer around, or or a majority of the repair shops around that will do that anymore. Where you can bring, in the days gone by, you're an old timer like me. Things have changed. They don't want to do that anymore. They want to. They want you to pay for the parts through them. This is this is the this is the world we live in now. Unless you're qualified to put the part in yourself, you have somebody that's a friend, that's a mechanic that's going to put them in for you. That's a very difficult thing to, to find somebody that's going to do that, and that was my point. It's not that big a deal. I already know. I already know what the situation is. I was just curious when you said that if you did that. I thought it was very unusual that your dealership would be doing something that nobody else does. Would we bring my own parts? And I, you know, I, I was going to buy that story. So yeah, I
9: mean, I, I, I,
10: to me, when you've been around a long time, I've had plenty of experiences. In things, but I was looking for, what I was really looking for is somebody that does quality body work, that's in the area that would give me a fair shake and I don't have to worry about them doing it because I know right now it's hard for people to find help and uh, that, Bob, that Bob,
0: the show ends at 10 a.m. Uh, I'm going to give you your, you can keep on talking, but I, I do have something I want to say to you when you're through talking.
10: Okay, uh, go ahead. I held on. I stayed online for a long time to talk to you, but that's okay. Okay
0: okay the policy at Earl Stewart Toyota is if you have the proper part uh, and you bring it in we will repair the car with the proper part uh, if Rick is right and we haven't been doing that in the past we should have been so that's what you do when you run a dealership or any business you you change things to make them right so we were doing something that was wrong if Rick is correct either Rick's wrong or or uh, I'm wrong, but uh, I know for a fact, uh, and I've been personally involved in, in transactions where people will complain about uh, the tire price, and I'll say, if you want to buy your tires at Costco, uh, bring them over, and we'll install them for you. Uh, you know, uh, we. we uh, you know, it, it it isn't a question now. If you come in with a with a part that we've never heard of before, you can't identify, and you want us to put it in your engine, your transmission, and it could cause damage and be unsafe, uh, to it also calls liability to my company. I wouldn't put that part in. But if you had,
10: well, what, well how do you
7: how do you define a proper part? Because how part about
0: a proper part, I Bob? I gotta you gotta let me talk. Bob, a proper part is the, is the part that we identify as being proper. It would be the original equipment manufacturer part for uh, your car, your make and model. That's a proper part. It's a, you, If you bought a part on rockauto.com for less money than I charge you, and you could because rockauto.com sells parts to you cheaper than I will. So go to Rock Auto, buy your parts. Bring them to my dealership, and if you got the diagnosis correct and Rick says, yeah, you bought the right part on Rock Auto, then we will put it on the car for you and not charge you for the part, just Rick's labor.
10: So even if you buy it from Rock Auto and it's not an OEM part, uh, it's you, the right part number, it's the yeah. right part number for that problem, you'll put it in.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. It would, it would, if we say to you, this is the right part and it's the right for this car year your mega model, uh, then we'll put it on for you.
10: Okay, that's right. That's good. I didn't. That's very. Uh, that's very unusual.
0: That's well, we, I'm an unusual guy, Bob. Listen, uh, thanks for the call. Call again and uh, please. And let let us know. Uh, uh, you can call in next week and see if uh, I was telling you the truth.
2: Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you, Bob. <laughs> and uh, I, look it's... For, I, I hope at some point in time maybe you'll do some.
10: Uh, mystery shopping of some of the body shops
2: oh that ah, that's a great idea yeah, we should that do that great great yeah, suggestion great idea uh,
10: maybe that would be good we'll okay, talk to you next
2: week uh, we're going to go to george uh all these uh, calls that i have holding everyone thank you for your patience i want to let everyone know also we are going to get to the text and we're going to get uh, some to some other things we have just had a well, a lot of telephone calls this morning. We're going to talk to George, who's been holding. Good morning, George, and welcome.
11: Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you?
2: Great. Thank you for calling. Uh,
11: okay. Good. I'm going to be a little short-winded. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I heard a conversation with the first lady that you had this morning, and I only caught the tail end of it. And it had to do with, I believe it was book labor time, and that they held her car in the shop to confirm that it had the right amount of time on it for the job that was being done. Was that correct?
2: Yes, that was Ellen who was calling for the first time from uh, L.A.
11: Okay. She okay, on. well, I, I do understand book labor time, and I also know that these technicians have like $30,000, $50,000 worth of tools and equipment that they use to try and beat whatever the book says. If something's supposed to take 45 minutes, it's to their benefit to be able to complete that job within 30 minutes. You're exactly right. And get paid the book labor time. Um,
0: Exactly. George, uh, your question, and we should have brought this up before, one of, the, one of the stupidest things that car dealers and manufacturers do is call the uh, labor units hours. So uh, Rick will say, he said this earlier in the show, I meant to say something to enlighten the listeners. Uh, he said, that's about a two hour job. Well, there's, there's two hours on the clock and there's two hours on what we call the flat rate manual. So every manufacturer has what they call a flat rate manual. God only knows where they came up with that. Flat, I don't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> they, like, they like to confuse everybody, including the customer, and the dealers, everybody. So, so uh, you're right. Rick is a top technician. He, he's been doing it for a long time. When you do the same operation on the same <laughs> vehicle for a number of times, you get quicker. First time you ever repair a car, an air conditioner on a particular model, it takes you a lot longer than the 20th or the 100th time. So uh, the flat rate manual might say it's a two-hour repair. Rick might be able to do it in one hour. But you still pay for two hours, but it's not really two hours. It's two hours labor units is what they should call it. And customers get angry. They get confused when you say uh, this is a a two-and-a-half-hour job. And then they bring, they fix your car, and they bring it to you in one and a half hours. That's what you say, you're charging me for two and a half hours. You've only had my car for one and a half. Well, uh, either they did a lousy job and fixed it too fast, or they had a great tech that really did fix it an hour and a half. So uh, the name of the game is Confused to Consumer. And that's what this lady that called in earlier that you heard. They had confused her on purpose,
1: probably, just to charge her more. Uh, just to clarify one thing. Um, my toolbox, if, if all of a sudden I walked in the shop and my whole toolbox was gone and I had to try to replace it, um, it I don't think I could. I probably have, conservatively speaking, closer to seventy-five to $80,000 in tools that I have purchased over the past 27 years of being a mechanic. And, I mean, a lot of them are very specialized tools, but... I've got a lot of money invested in this career and 27 years learning how to do my job the most efficiently that I can. And a lot of things that you also will not hear is the one simple rule. Every job is one broken bolt away from being a three-day nightmare. So what's, what does this have to it do just, hours? When, when we set the, the labor time on a job and we say, okay, this job is, pays two hours, if I have a bolt breaks off. I've got to repair that, drill and tap out that old rusted bolt, and I don't get paid any extra labor for it. You know, it's just there's, it's it's a double edged sword on on flat rate, and it's, and uh, you know, I know it seems like a great thing for the customer. Well, times, the, but
0: the flat rate is a creation of the manufacturer. Yeah, and, and it's and, and, it's
1: outdated and really should go away. Yeah. But, know, yes, so, but and, that's and, what they do. All right. All
8: right.
11: Hey guys for in the technician's defense Rick I think you underestimated the amount of money in your toolbox cuz you're probably still paying the snap-on man every month every and, week um, <laughs> yeah and you t- and you technicians are not being paid as you were 15 or 20 years ago you used to be able to turn 60 or 70 hours in a week legally and responsibly and I think those those uh, hours have been cut down considerably By the amount of maintenance that's no longer being done on the vehicles. And as you stated, the hoses and belts, we don't replace those anymore. There's a lot of maintenance that's just not being done. And the technicians are actually suffering for some of this stuff. And Rick, I don't know how many hours you make, but you're the top tech, so you get all the hardest jobs. And.
0: Hey, Bob. Bob. I hate to interrupt you. I know you and Rick are commiserating with each other here, but we got a whole bunch of people on the line right. awaiting, and thank you very much for your call.
2: Yeah, it was great talking uh, to you. Stay in touch. Give uh, us a call again, George. Always
10: we're, will. Bye,
2: Uh We are going to uh, go out to, uh, we're going to talk to Ken, who's calling us from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Ken.
12: Well, good morning. Thank I'm you for the, your patience. Uh, Oh, no problem. Uh, I'm the guy that bought a uh, 2016 Prius at the Detroit Auto Show after seeing it and had the speedometer that I couldn't convert to kilometers. Uh. And I remember you tried to help, but Toyota, your bottom line was the only way that we can fix this is you need to buy a new Prius to replace your new Prius.
0: Yeah, I'll never, Uh, uh, that should be part of my new book. Because I won't ever forget that one of the dumbest things that Toyota ever did uh, was, was, in your particular case, it was just cruel and unusual punishment of a customer to to do that to you. And uh, all the manufacturers, probably to some degree or another, this issue on the Canadian-American border, you know, kilometers versus miles, that creates a lot of problems. And it shouldn't be the consumer's problem. It should be the manufacturer's problem. And when they when they knowingly allow you to buy a car with a, a, you know a kilometer to charge you an arm and a leg and then some to correct the problem, it's just absolutely stupid. But uh, thanks for calling back. You sure took it. to uh, I, You went all the way on this, as I recall, Ken. I mean, you. <laughs> I have, I've never seen anybody more persistent, and you really fought the good fight.
12: Yeah, they said, uh, you know, we're Toyota, we have millions of dollars, you know, you're only talking about a $30,000 car, just buy a new one. Yeah. Well, so I, I see uh, last week Toyota has a class action suit regarding selling obsolete 3G telematics uh, because of the 3G network shut down, and that intentionally... Uh, would disable things like your crash notifications. Um, I'm thinking of buying a new Prius because the 2023 20, Priuses are coming out. But how do I avoid getting basically screwed again by Toyota because I can't drive into Canada?
0: Can I think I, I, I think away. I think that's been corrected. I'm I'm just. Uh, I'm going to have to verify this, but I think after they screwed up so badly with you and thousands of other customers, I think they finally, I think when you buy a car in Canada now, you can flip over from miles to uh, to kilometers, and this is true probably uh, for all the manufacturers, but for a while there, it was really a dumb thing they were doing, and they, they changed it.
12: Right, but the reason I, I called today was that new lawsuit regarding the shutdown of the 3g network and toyota apparently was still selling obsolete uh telematics in the vehicles saying that okay your 3g telematics don't work but you can buy more new telematics to make it work so i sent you a link in the uh facebook and also messaged you uh, well, so uh, maybe you can follow up next week
0: i will i will that's news to me and uh, thanks very much for letting me know. I promise to follow up on that.
12: Very good. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Ken. It's great hearing from you. Uh, boy, that uh, new Prius is unbelievable, is it not? It is just, it, it it doesn't have that old-fashioned look that the other, the old Priuses have, and it's going to be a, a hot seller. Okay, uh, I think it's time for us to go to Rick. And uh, we're going to take a look at some text and some other things.
1: All right. Well, we will start off with uh, Stu's, uh his usual thing here with, <coughs> excuse me, Anne Marie, first one. Uh, good morning. In a perfect world, well-maintained cars would never suffer a decrease in fuel efficiency as time goes by. Obviously, this is not a perfect world. Why does a properly maintained car's efficiency drop over time? Thank you. And I believe she's speaking more along the lines of fuel efficiency. And obviously this can have many, many factors to it. The biggest one that I see right off is your fuel efficiency is going to drop for one main factor at the beginning. And that is as your tires begin to wear and of course tire pressures if you don't keep the pressure up that's going to cause your fuel economy to drop a bit but also as the tires wear you'll get you know just different diameter and that's going to affect your fuel efficiency the engine itself eventually those moving parts are going to start wearing out and you're not going to seal as well as, as tightly in the engine that's going to cause a change in fuel efficiency uh, transmission again all these moving parts, everything that starts to wear and kind of break down a little over time, all these things are going to have a change in efficiency.
0: Yeah, and not as much as it might have at one time, but uh, yeah, I think any any machine becomes less efficient uh, the older it gets. The new new machines, the new cars are are highly efficient, and and the amount of I've never seen a, a statistics on that. It'll be something i like to look up. You take a highly fuel-efficient car and then measure the fuel efficiency five years later or ten years later, uh, I wonder how much, uh, what percentage fuel efficiency you would lose. I don't know. I'm sure you you do lose some, but much less than it used to be. Okay.
2: Okay. I think you're right. Uh, We are going to interrupt Rick and the reason. uh, We have our dedicated follower, exciting caller. I could go on and on, but we'll go straight to the Roadrunner. Roadrunner Steve, welcome. Hey, Steve. Good
9: morning. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving.
2: Oh, man. We yeah. did. And you?
9: Good. It was nice and quiet.
2: Uh, yeah, I like it. that's the best.
9: Okay. I need the text number. I want to text you a photo of my Roadrunner being electrical charged.
2: Okay. 772 497.
9: Four nine seven six
2: five three zero. You have that, Correct.
9: Okay. Thank you so much, everybody. I will be texting that that picture in a few minutes.
2: Okay, that sounds good, Steve. Have a okay, great weekend. Second. Okay, we're going to go back to we're going to go back to the text.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, we did have quite a few interesting comments come in here, Um, particularly this one set up from Donovan, uh, when Earl was talking about the regenerative braking on his Tesla, as compared to like the Prius or other hybrids. Uh, Let's see, where did he put it? Here, ah. Donovan says, Earl, the motor in your Tesla is many times more powerful than the Prius, and it can generate up to 300 kilowatts of power braking wow. by way of the electromotive drag. I don't know where he got the spec, but if that's true, that's an impressive level.
2: Very much so.
1: Very impressive. It's
2: always great to hear from Donovan.
1: He, he gets some fantastic information. He comes through with, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here going interesting? Um, Negan One from Mountain Arizona says that his Ford dealership will install motorcraft parts if they're bought on Rock Auto. Uh, but he says most other places that he's heard of Really don't do that a whole lot The dealerships try to avoid that But we'll we'll, s- we'll, well save that battle I'll, for another day I think. Well,
0: if you just tuned in We, we had, uh, who was it, uh, George? Uh, Bob, actually Bob, I think yep. Bob, uh, and he said that no dealer, no repair shop Would ever use the parts supplied to them by the customer And I said that we did And Rick said, no, we don't and so we got into that discussion, but being a, since I'm the boss, uh, I won the argument because we, are, we will do that, and, and we, do, uh, we should do that. So, uh, obviously, independent manufacturers and car dealers don't want to use your parts because they know that you paid less for them, and they're losing the profit they would have made had they sold you the parts. So they don't want to do it. But what's the old saying? Half a loaf is better than none. To me, a good businessman uh, would take a half a loaf and say, Okay, I'll forfeit the parts profit because you bought this genuine Honda part uh, to fix your Honda that I will put on. And I verify that it is the right part. I will put it on the car and I'll charge you for my labor but I'm not gonna charge you for the part because you bought it from rockauto.com. So you got half the profit that you would have otherwise if you hadn't done it, said I won't do the repair, you have none of the profit. So why any good businessman, and I consider myself a good businessman, would say no, we simply are not gonna accept parts from customers that they buy that they do not buy from me. It's just stupid,
1: it makes no sense at all. Well. For this, here is the picture that Roadrunner Steve just promised us. <laughs> if you want to hold that up for the camera. <laughs> oh, And it's a picture, obviously, of his 68 Roadrunner.
0: Oh, man, look at that. Beep, beep. Wow. With
1: Wiley Coyote sitting on the back of it <laughs> and an extension cord going in behind his license plate <laughs> on it.
2: Oh, you're amazing, Roadrunner. We love you. <laughs> Oh, you're the man. Thank you, Steve.
1: Okay. And going back to our texts here, let's see.
2: We're going to, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. We're going to go to Marty, who is a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty.
8: Hi, good morning. Uh, I've got two quick questions for Rick. Okay. Uh, First question my son has a Tesla. It was. Four years old, but out of warranty, and he needed a new air conditioner, and he had to pay Tesla twenty five hundred dollars for a new air conditioning unit in the car. Is Tesla the only one that could furnish a air conditioner for a Tesla?
0: I would, I would guess, uh, yes. I would say that uh, if you got into putting in an aftermarket. Uh, Non Tesla air conditioner. I don't think you could buy an air conditioner from RockAuto.com for a Tesla. I mean, I I could be wrong. Uh, it's a uh, it's a relatively new make of car, and uh, Tesla is uh, selling cars as fast as they can make them. And uh, I, I I don't know. I I I think I think he's probably stuck with Tesla. And that's one of the bad things about uh, Tesla is uh, you don't have a lot of people that are fixing Teslas. Um, if you want your Tesla fixed, you pretty much got to take it to Tesla because right. it, it's unique. So uh, yeah, he did everything, it. Earl, yeah.
8: Earl, he did it already. So it, it's just a question I had. Do so you think it could have been done elsewhere? But yeah. Tesla told him, you know, you had to go through him, yeah. through them. <coughs> and now I got one other question for Rick. On my car on the steering wheel where you press the little speaker button I said about a week or two ago it kept saying loading the phone book, loading the phone book. So I made an appointment with your service and the day before my appointment was it, it started working correctly. So I when I canceled the appointment the uh, the uh, lady that took the appointment she says, well, maybe you should still bring it in. I said, well, how are, I said, you know, what are they gonna do if it's not doing it? So she says, well, maybe you still wanna bring it in. So I just canceled the appointment. I just wanted to ask Rick, does he think they would have done anything or would that have been a waste of time?
1: It it truly, it would have been a waste of time. Um, Step number one for any auto mechanic anywhere is confirm the condition if we can't confirm it we can't fix it uh you know it's it's the old rule if it ain't broke i can't fix it so that's why the first thing that i do when a customer comes in, if they have some odd condition uh, a noise or a vibration something like that i quite often will say go for a ride with me show me what you're looking for because i remember in my earliest days i had a customer come in said my car's making this noise I went for a drive. I thought I had found that noise. I worked on that car for hours. Well, thought let, I had it perfect. Let, let,
0: let me ask you this. Isn't it better today than it was 20 years ago? In other words, we have a lot of diagnostic tools, and we have computers, okay. and aren't there intermittent conditions that can be picked up by the computer and the, and the, the uh, error they, code? They can, yes, yeah. a lot of times. So, so uh I'm not sure exactly what the problem. You said it was Marty. Well, it,
1: his was connecting his phone to his to the radio. Yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. And the the fact that it, it cured itself, I I would say, I would wait and see if it if it has any other issues. Yeah, for that. And yeah. if it doesn't, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd yeah. say just yeah. if it's if it's working, the, uh, the, uh, stick with it.
8: The only reason, Ry, Rick, that I was thinking of bringing it in to do nothing was that I only had 1,500 miles left in the three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. I just wanted to get, it like, logged in to say this was the problem happened before the warranty ran out. Marty, uh,
0: that, Marty that's a very good point. Yeah, that and, is. And now that you've told Rick and me, you're covered. But to all the other people who are listening, if you have a car that's near going out of warranty and you have an issue... Uh, Marty is exactly right. You need to go on record that the issue occurred while the car was still in warranty, and that would cover it, even though it's out of warranty, uh, because it is an intermittent issue. So I'm not sure whether your repair shop or dealer or dealer uh, would tell you this, but if if uh, if you if you called and the and you and the service department in this dealership agreed that you shouldn't bring it back in until it reoccurs, you should say, fine, would you please make it in the record on my file that I called you today, and this is what I described as my problem. If they'll do that and you trust the dealer, then a thousand miles later or uh Five years later, whenever this thing is out of warranty and the same problem comes up, it should be covered. So great point, Marty. I wouldn't have thought to say that.
8: All right. Well, I want to thank you now that I'm documented on November 26th. I'm, I'm covered. <laughs> You're covered. <laughs> uh, and, and the whole country has heard this.
0: Yeah, we've got a podcast, too. You can come in with a podcast.
8: All right. thank you both And have a great weekend Thanks Thanks, Marty,
2: we love talking to you We're going to go to Mark uh, Who is calling us from Palm Beach Gardens Good morning Mark
5: Good morning crew Um, I just wanted to quickly share An experience Um, I called the show a few weeks ago Uh, We got in a bad car accident And we were forced to go And having to buy a car So you know uh we're looking for a used car, um, nothing against Earl Stewart but uh or any of the other automobile dealers looking for a used car. Price range were way up. We checked with Carvana. that's the one that wanted to charge a thousand dollars to transfer a car I wanted that was in miami to here locally, but the suggestions that you have always uh, um, suggested. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up in words and trying to hurry. Uh, Carmax. Went to CarMax. CarMax. Yeah. I can tell you. Carmax, what a great experience. Good. It found found a a two year old Camry, a two, thousand fifteen instead of a seventeen. And uh, only twenty thousand more miles. But what a great car. No damage. Uh, I, you know, being 37 years in the body shop business, I examined that thing with a, with a microscope. Um, so anyway, the sales experience was excellent. Everybody worked. Nobody worked independent, you know, one salesman against another. Uh, but I just want to call and say that uh, CarMax is a place to go. I checked the other ones. They may be good, but CarMax is far superior. Yeah, my, car, so wanted, CarMax
0: is the gold standard uh, buying a used car, and I, I wish they had more CarMaxes around the country. they got quite a few, actually, but uh, that's the way to go, and I'm really glad you got the right car, and uh, you can trust them. They're a, they're a good outfit.
5: Yeah, and I just wanted to... I, I can see the tense, the tent that go here about... Uh, I just had a comment about... Customer supplied parts versus the uh, repair shop supplying parts.
8: Mm-hmm. One
5: thing a consumer always wants when they're going in to have uh, repair work, whether it be service or body, their ex- their expectations is they want uh, their work to be guaranteed. You know, for a certain period of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, the customer also has to understand uh, if they supply the parts, maybe not Earl Stewart. I can't speak for Earl. But I can tell you every other dealer and every repair shop, if you supply the part and the part fails, you're not going to have any warranty period. They're, they're not going to guarantee the workmanship or to refix it if it had to be done again. Whereas if the repair facility supplies the parts, they have a certain amount of responsibility as far as the labor costs.
0: Well, Mark, Mark if, if, if the, the customer... <laughs> Let Mark, me
5: finish, please, everybody. Let Mark, me finish,
0: Mark. If the Let customer, your, if the customer is supplying the same part that the, the dealer would use, then there's no reason why they wouldn't want to warrant it. So if you're if you're if you're putting a I'll use a, a body part. If you're putting a bumper on a on a Honda, you know, on a on a 2019 Honda uh, Accord. And the customer comes in and he has a a bumper uh, for a 2019 Honda Accord that was an OEM bumper, which is the exact same bumper you'd put on then why wouldn't you warranty that repair just like you would if you'd put it on? The only difference is you're charging the customer a lot more for the bumper than he paid for it. So the point is, if if a customer wants to go to the trouble to buy the right part at a lower price and bring it to you, there's no reason to penalize him by taking away the warranty or anything else. Uh, You just have to accept a lower profit and make your profit on the labor. Customer
5: comes in with a bumper cover, they're carrying it in their hand. And uh, sometimes there's not a way of guaranteeing the knowing that that part is actually an OEM part unless it comes in a package and you have an invoice and the box says Honda, OEM or whatever, and it, it show is late. You got to have the, car, the uh, car report coming up. And I don't want to argue about my, just my expression is that somehow, even if they have an OEM part it's not in the package that they handed to you, <laughs> if it was handled or somebody tugged on it, something, they're just going to say that there's that possibility that part might fail in the future. Okay. So right. we're not going to get the part. So. Okay. Anyway, that's just, I just okay. want the consumer to understand
0: that. Okay. And I don't want to argue with you. No, 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 no. You and, you you and, you and Rick are entitled to your opinion. Unfortunately, I'm the boss. There. So I, we do it's it my market. way.
5: So. <laughs> Have a great day.
2: <laughs> Mark, it's always great hearing from you. Please give us a call again. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I believe that uh, you would want to go to the Mystery Shopping Report. It's just about 937. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit tight. Uh, mm. We have our mystery shop. And uh, sorry, Rick, we, uh, we're, uh, we're out of time. Uh, we have the Mystery Shopping Report from Palm Beach, <clears throat> excuse me palm beach Mitsubishi at uh, used cars and uh, you can vote we'd love to hear from you at 772-497-6530 you can have my copy if you'd like
3: okay
2: uh, that's 772-497-6530 uh, vote on this mystery shopper report on used cars and uh, we'll get r- you ready get right to it
0: okay all right we're excited today to bring you the uh, final installment of our four-part used car mystery shopping series. During the last crazy 18 months of the retail car business, with all the shortages and price hikes, we fo- focused almost exclusively on new car sales. It was useful and informative to do so, but we ignored what was going on down in the used car department. Well, <coughs> used car departments often get used car departments often get ignored, unfortunately. It's a good thing that we started paying attention because change is in the air, not just here in South Florida, but nationally. Prices are coming down. It's putting a hurting on car dealers. I mean, this is a mouthful. Uh, You you have no idea, uh, and most car dealers have no idea (laughs) on how bad it is with used cars. And that was a little editorial comment by me. The cars sitting on dealers' lots right now were acquired, in many cases, months ago at a much higher price than they're worth right now. The collective dealer body is looking at billions. You heard it right with a B. Billions in losses. They bought these cars back during the days of wine and roses six months and a year ago when you could uh, sell a used car for any price you want. You could sell a used car for more than the same new car because you couldn't buy the new car. So they got drunk with power, and these dealers just went out. Carvana was the drunkest dealer. They went out, and they bought cars. They paid crazy money for cars. Smart You know, smart people, consumers, took advantage of that, sold them cars at incredibly high prices. Guess what? The markets crashed. And the dealers are sitting around with all these cars they bought at extremely high prices. And this is all editorialized. I'm not doing the Mr. Shopping Report directly right now. But this is where you are now. Keep this in mind if you are shopping for a used car. Oftentimes, the dealer himself is buried in terms of cost in these cars. So if you think you're going to get a good price on a used car, when that dealer has the car booked into his inventory, two or three thousand dollars higher than what the real market is, you're crazy. You're not going to get a good price. Uh, high interest rates and consumers unwilling to pay dealers' high asking prices have contributed to the <coughs> But well, what's bad for the dealers turns out to be pretty good for everybody else in the form of lower prices. If you're paying cash, higher interest rates are definitely going to cut into your savings. It's so interesting to see how different dealers are reacting to this. In the last month, we've seen everything from a huge addendum markup uh, to a pleasant and mostly transparent experience. For the record, it was Naples with a giant markup, no surprise there, like anyone was really unsure about that. Next page. This week Agent Lightning went to Palm Beach Mitsubishi, a thriving dealership located on Australian Avenue in West Palm Beach. We must have missed the invitation to the grand opening ceremony in July 2021 where Mitsubishi CEO, and I'm really going to struggle with this, it's a Japanese name, Yo- Yoichi Yoko Yokazawa. Yoichi Yokazawa and uh, dealer principal Chris Berrien were in tennis. Just a little personal note, uh, I I know Chris Berrien from many years ago. Uh, he uh, employed my current boat captain uh, 20 years ago. used to be a Cadillac dealer in Del Rey. What he's doing with a Mitsubishi store, I have no idea. Okay, here's a report. Uh, before heading down to Palm Beach, Mitsubishi, I found a used 2000. I'm speaking in the first person. as if I were Agent Lightning or Mystery Shopper, uh, before heading down to Palm Beach, Mitsubishi. I found a used 2021 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon Unlimited for sale on their website for $53,900. It was actually listed for $59,900, which was indicated to be the Kelley Blue Book value, and it wasn't. Misrepresentation. It is not. The Kelley Blue Book, so they didn't tell the truth. In reality, the retail value is around fifty-two thousand, and the wholesale is closer to forty-seven thousand. Now, buyer beware. You know, I've told you this on new cars. Used cars, it's going to be even worse. I drove to the dealership late morning with my daughter, and we began to wander the lot. And no one came out outside after ten minutes, so we entered. I asked a young woman for help, but before she was able to, Nico came over and introduced, introduced himself as the salesperson. I showed him the listing of the Jeep on, on my iPhone, asked him if I was still around, and I asked if it was still around. He led us to a computer to check for me. Once we sat down, he asked me to spell my last name so he could put me in the computer. After pecking away at the keyboard for a minute, uh, Nico, could, that could be Nico, appeared to have found it. He said it was here and available. We got up to head outside and see the car. Nico asked us to wait by the front door. He pulled up in a big white Jeep Rubicon, got out, began showing us the vehicle. I noticed there was no price on the window sticker. No price. Along the test drive, my daughter helped by begging me <laughs> to buy the Jeep. She loved it. I'm sure Nico appreciated the help. He advised me to listen to my daughter now. A little aside here, little editorial comment. This is one of the reasons I love using Agent Lightning as a mystery shopper. She brings her family along, her mm-hmm. husband, her kids, she has several children. And uh total reality. I mean no wonder uh we are not busted so far, knock on wood, that, that she hasn't been discovered because it is a totally natural experience I love it I mean and the, and her daughter loved the Jeep Rubicon and yeah hey mama mama yeah. let's buy this
2: yeah. and they're very uh, opinionated and yeah. they're very knowledgeable through agent lightning they've really learned a lot through her she's amazing
0: we, we went back to the dealership and sat at this desk Nico's Nico asked me what I hope to accomplish today I said up to drive home in that Jeep Nico seemed to like my answer and he offered me to go to, to get anything written up, um, to get everything written up by his sales manager. We waited for 12 minutes, then he returned to ask for a few more, to ask for a few more minutes. Took another five minutes, and Nico had our worksheet. Worksheet is what you always see in the process. It's a unofficial buyer's order. It's not legal, and they can play games with that. And that's the reason they call it a worksheet. Their lawyer said, "Don't call this a." sales contract, don't call this a buyer's order, call it a worksheet, that means you can put anything down, fool around and BS the customer and you can't get sued, so worksheet. The selling price was $53,900 like the ad, but of course there were fees. They had a $998 document fee and a $497 electronic filing fee, very popular name, both of them, doc, doc fee and electronic filing fee. I asked Nico if this was the best he could do, and my daughter chimed in to ask if they had any Black Friday specials. Nico said yes, For us, there are no hidden fees, and any time I get my car service with them, I get a loaner. <laughs> that wasn't exactly what my daughter was referring to, so I thanked him for the time, and I said I would think it over. Nico asked me to wait so we could get his manager to come in and say hi. I gulped. And told him that my daughter and I were in a hurry, so maybe next time. So let me see if I can find my printers. It prints on both sides. The pages now, It's a little confusing. So I think I'm all through with that. I uh, uh, I don't have any uh, anything else to read, and I think that might might be the whole shopping report. Stu does the shopping report, and Stu's sick now, so we'll have to do with that. Uh, again, this was. Uh, Palm Beach, Mitsubishi used cars in West Palm Beach and uh, under due ownership. And uh, we vote on the curve. We go from uh, F, which we give out very few of because you have to be worse than all the other dealers and all the other dealers are pretty bad uh, in Florida and most of the places where we shop. So uh, we don't have very many Fs because we're great on the curve. Uh, don't have very many A's either, but we try to get somebody that's average or above average, and that's the way we we base our our scores. Um,
2: if you didn't get that number um, earlier, it's seven for you to uh, vote on that mystery shopping report. It's seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. So what do we have, Rick?
1: I'm waiting right now for the grades to come in. Um, <coughs> pardon me, I'm check. Running Facebook text messages and yeah, YouTube your, channels yeah. today. Yeah,
2: multitasking over there.
1: Let's see. So far, nothing on Facebook. Well, uh, Paul A actually had said on Facebook earlier he said uh, he graded an F before he even heard the report. But you. Wow. I thought you were tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, he's giving a C. So that's not too bad. No. Ah. Tom Steckel, D minus, way overpriced, and junk fees on top. Not as bad as Napleton, though. Uh, Rocky Blockatiel, sort of what we have come to expect now. I'd give it a C minus. Scott Hunter with a D. Mark Ryan with a C minus. Brian Sedlakko, I'll be generous today. I'll give him a C. Tim Gilliland, C. Mark Smith, C minus. Uh, Negan One, a grade of a C and okay up oh, oh, paul came in and he corrected he says really it's a maybe d because the fees are a bit high on it and that's what we've got so far nothing in the text messages but uh myself i'm actually going to say a c i see you know there's a dealer fee 998 in there um but it looks like a pretty straightforward reasonable type thing for today's markets
0: <coughs> yeah i mean uh it's a bad report, but I say, relatively speaking, it's about average. And mm-hmm. that's the way it, What do you think, Nancy?
2: Well, <clears throat> you know how I feel about fees. So with that said, I give them a D.
0: I think that's reasonable. And that's reasonable. Uh,
2: if if <clears throat> if anyone has read your column, the past column, um, you know, dealer fees, um, you know, it, it, they're not illegal, It's the fees that are not posted that nobody knows about until you're walking out the door. Uh, So those are my thoughts. Uh, Rick, do you have anything else for us?
1: No, we're going pretty good. Although I did have one earlier comment from Donovan. He said, uh, for the AC system on the Tesla, uh, you can get it from a third party. Tesla uses a, and I guess the company name is Hannon, H-A-N-O-N. Electric A C compressor, A C system. So Oh who was that, Marty that called in on that? Uh well Donovan was giving me the information here. I forget uh, who had yeah, yeah, called Mar- in I,
0: about the uh I said his son was uh yeah. to where to take the test. Well that's good news. Uh Marty I hope you're listening. Uh I'm pretty sure it was you that called, but there apparently is a air conditioner that Oh, has been identified. Give that, give that
1: out again, will you? The the company name is Hannon, H A N O N. Okay. So that's apparently who makes the uh, AC components for Tesla.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Okay. Well, that'd be a case where we could test also the theory: if you buy it directly from Hannon, would Tesla install it for you?
1: And that would be a, definitely a good one to ask about. I think. Oh, we have one I, other grade just came in. Yeah. Uh, from Martha Gillespie Beeman, a C. And you still need to vote yet?
0: Yeah, I'm. A, I'm going to give them a C. I, I think that. I, I have to say this though. I. I don't want to pick on. Mitsubishi, but Mitsubishi, is a uh, is a. Manufacturer franchise hanging by a thread. I'm surprised they're still around. Uh, the Mitsubishi. Uh, is technically for sale in the United States. I'm not sure how many dealers there are, but they're they're a non-factor, and they're um, uh, the, the support system is very weak. Uh, it's uh, of course a Japanese manufacturer. Uh, even in Japan, they're weak. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you follow the the news, uh, they're they've got they've had a lot of legal problems. Uh, the CEO of Mitsubishi has gone to jail, and then the the, the subsequent CEO of Mitsubishi went to jail, and uh, there's been a lot of corruption. Uh, it's a it's a if if I were buying a new vehicle, I would not buy a Mitsubishi. Uh, first of all, it's not that great a car,
1: but yeah, they might not be around much longer. Of course, she also was looking at a Jeep. Yeah, <laughs> so. And, but they do have their following. Well, the, the
0: Jeep, I tell you, I mean, the Jeep yeah. is the money maker for Stellantis, which yep. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, uh, and they, uh, and on pure volume and desire and emotion, they sell a hell of a lot of them. They're well financed. Jeep will be around for a long time. The quality is bad, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but Jeep's not going anywhere. Without Jeep, there would be no Stellantis, and uh, people love the vehicle. It's just
1: uh, here for going to be here for a long, long time. Uh, but be careful if you're buying the Mitsubishi out there. Oh, and Kirk in West by God, Virginia, Palm Beach, Mitsubishi. Excessive dock and e-file junk fees aside, but the elevated KBB price equals a solid D. How does someone expect to lie when the information is readily available? He's no. got a great
0: point there. Very good. So there's our mystery shopping report. Uh, <coughs> uh, do we have time for this... Uh, Visionary Dealer thing, Jonathan, with the uh, uh, Automotive News.
8: Uh,
0: Six minutes, but you need to vote. Uh, the, uh, he, he gave him a C. Okay. Yeah, C. <laughs> gave him a C, yeah. Uh, the uh, automotive news current issue of the Automotive News, most of you have never seen one. It's the trade journal for all of the manufacturers in the world, auto manufacturers of the world, and all of the dealers in the world. So it's kind of like an inside thing. And they came out with a edition and a section called Visionary Dealers. Jonathan will be putting this up. There were 20. Uh, depressing thing. A lot of them are dead. But these were all the people that have had an impact on changing the way the retail automobile business has tr- evolved over the years. Uh, history of the U.S. auto industry. And we uh, were uh, We were honored. Uh, our our dealership, Earl Stewart Toyota, was honored to be listed out of that uh, out of those twenty, and uh, I think it's uh, interesting that the trade journal is starting to recognize what we do largely on this show. Um, I think uh, I think uh, that's being held uh, being put up by Jonathan. I have this right here. You see a picture of Nancy and me, and down there is. Uh, pictures of uh, Stu, Stu and me um, and uh, so we're patting ourselves on the back a little bit this show is pretty much responsible for making us in the terms of the automotive news a visionary dealer and the fact that the trade journal would recognize that uh, normally if you went back 20 years uh, they'd hang me uh, for what I say now the automotive news actually is complimenting us on changing the direction of the way cars are sold, retailed, and uh, it's, it's good. It's a they have new people in there. Uh, the Crane uh, family owns and operates the uh, Automotive News, and the younger generation Cranes are now in charge, and they see thing, things differently. Just like in my dealership, uh, my generation see, saw things one way, and the younger people, like my sons, uh, see things differently generations things change and here we are and I think it's time to go and I'll turn the mic.
1: If I can have just one quick sec we got a bunch of other grades oh, popped up. I had a little lag on my phone here. Yeah absolutely. Uh, Frank and Jupiter Farms. A for your agent bringing her daughter. C for the dealership and happy belated Thanksgiving. Thank you Frank. Uh, Mark D too many fees. Mark and Palm Beach Gardens. Sorry I didn't get that sooner Mark. I just uh, had a little lag here. We've got an anonymous with a D, Richard and Jupiter Farms with oh, an cheers. F, and Bob D for deceit for Palm Beach Mitsubishi. Well, the
0: yeah the deceit was on the Kelly Blue Book. Uh, mm-hmm. They flat lied
1: about the uh,
0: Kelly. maybe they had an old book. Go, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, that's that, that's uh, if I was going to give them a lower grade, <laughs> it would be it would have been because of that.
2: My mic just fell apart. <laughs> Oh, oh! Okay. Jonathan's going to hang me. <laughs> uh, we have uh, three minutes left. Uh, I'll try to salvage uh, this mic. And hold it up. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for the acknowledgement. It's uh, long overdue from Automotive News, yeah. and uh, we'll take it. And uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars, and uh, we'll be right back here next week at 8 a.m. So tune in. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.